Hello, and welcome to this parish praise service for the 11th Sunday after Trinity. I'm in All Saints Church in Sanford, and I shall be taking the service. I'm a lay worship assistant here, and Hilary, our lay reader, will be preaching. You can follow our service on the service sheet, which can be downloaded from our website, www.windsandchurches.org.uk. So now, let's take a moment of quiet before we begin our service. The Lord be with you. This is the day that the Lord has made. As we prepare to bring our failings before God, let us think of all that we have said or done, or not done, that we know have let us down in the eyes of God. O Lord of life, eternity cannot hold you, nor can our little words catch the magnificence of your kindness. Yet, in the space of our small hearts and in silence, you can come close and repair us. O Lord of life, grant us your forgiveness for our careless thoughts, for our thoughtless deeds, for our empty speech, and for the words with which we wounded. May God forgive us, Christ renew us, and the Spirit enable us to grow in love. Amen. And now we have the special prayer for this, the 11th Sunday of Trinity. God of glory, the end of our searching, help us to lay aside all that prevents us from seeking your kingdom and to give all that we have to gain the pearl beyond all price through our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our reading continues the theme of the Old Testament that we have been following. And today, Exodus chapter 1, beginning at verse 8. Now a new king arose over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with or they will increase and, in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labour. They built supply cities, Pithom and Ramesses for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread, so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labour. They were ruthless in all the tasks they imposed on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, 
one of whom was named Shipra and the other Pua. When you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birthstool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. Then Pharaoh commanded to all his people, Every boy that is born to the Hebrews you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her attendants walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son. She named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. This is the word of the Lord. We're now going to hear the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and the words will be on the screen should you want to join in.
Hillary will now give us the address. Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, if you happen to be listening then. It's so good to be able to worship and learn together in this very different way, but it won't be too long now before we can actually meet together in the flesh if this is something that you feel you'd like to do. I've rather enjoyed working through the earlier books of the Old Testament these past weeks and hearing about the patriarchs once again. We went a bit off piece last week, which was a nice change, but I thought I'd start by bringing you up to speed on what we've missed in the story of Joseph, as today's reading starts with the statement that a new king came to the throne in Egypt and knew nothing of Joseph. The last time we heard about him, he'd been sold by his jealous brothers to passing Midianite traders, who then took him off to Egypt. There, Joseph was sold on as a slave to one of Pharaoh's officials, a man called Potiphar. And Joseph worked hard for his new master and very soon ended up in charge of Potiphar's entire household and his business affairs. During this time, we learn that the blessing of the Lord came upon the entire household because of him. But alas, Joseph ended up in prison. Potiphar's wife, whose advances Joseph had repeatedly rejected, feeling the slight of this handsome young man's refusal to go to bed with her, conspired to lie to her husband, hence why he ended up in prison. Yet even there, the Lord remained steadfastly with him. It was in prison that Joseph's dream interpreting skills came to the fore. And so it came to pass that two years into his imprisonment, he was summoned to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh himself. Joseph's God-given wisdom showed Pharaoh that his country was to experience seven years of abundance, followed by seven years of famine. And it was ultimately to Joseph that Pharaoh entrusted the management and stewardship of resources during these successive years of plenty and want. Joseph became the most important person in the land next to Pharaoh himself. And it was during these years of famine that God enabled Joseph to be reconciled to his family who had betrayed him. Hearing how Egypt had wisely stored up surplus during the years of plenty, Joseph's brothers were sent off to buy food. And after various trips and intrigues, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. Genesis 45 verses 4 to 5 read, I am your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Jacob, Joseph's now elderly father, then came to Egypt and was reunited with the son whom he thought had been killed. And God spoke to Jacob, or Israel, as the Lord called him, Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation. Again, God was working his purpose out in ways that could not have been foreseen all those years before. These were the early days of God's eternal plan of salvation through the 12 tribes of Israel, that is the sons 
and descendants of Jacob as they came first of all to settle in Egypt. As that first generation of Israelites died, including Joseph and all his brothers, the succeeding generations continued to prosper in Egypt, which is where we get to today. The new Pharaoh, who knew nothing of Joseph, could only see a numerous group of foreign, prosperous people who are now perceived as a potential, potential threat. From then on, the Israelites, or the Hebrews, became an oppressed and enslaved people, where life was tough going. And it was then that a plan was hatched. As in the familiar birth narratives at the time of Jesus, here, a king who felt threatened gave orders to the midwives to have every firstborn baby Hebrew killed. Firstborn baby Hebrew boy killed. And later, when this didn't happen, that every boy born should be thrown into the Nile. And it is in the reeds alongside the riverbank that were introduced for the first time to Moses. He had been laid in a waterproofed basket by his desperate mother. We can only start to imagine how wretched his mother must have felt, awaiting the footsteps to her door as she tried in vain to hide the existence of her growing baby son. In desperation, all she could think, hope and pray, was for some miracle to happen as she placed her son by the water's edge. And of course, that miracle happened as Pharaoh's daughter stumbled upon the infant, felt sorry for him and arranged for him to be nursed unbeknown to her by his own mother. And later, this child was handed to Pharaoh's daughter and he was raised in a palace as her own son, as a prince. As we move through Exodus, we hear the story of Moses' call and obedience to save his people. He is one of the dominant figures of the Old Testament and indeed of the Jewish faith. The New Testament sees him as a figure who foreshadows the ministry of Jesus Christ, who was and is the ultimate deliverer of God's people. In these chapters over the past weeks, we have seen adversity, a beloved son believed to be dead, a man imprisoned on trumped up charges, a mother fearing for the life of her newborn child, a successful group of foreign people feared and considered a threat to a nation's security and well-being. We've seen persecution, enslavement and genocide. All sadly, modern day themes that have repeated themselves throughout history, where mankind has yet to learn the lessons of the past. But alongside these desperate situations, we have glimpses of God at work in unexpected ways, redeeming and allowing his ultimate purposes to be revealed and achieved. We've met people of strength and character, people of faith who trust in God, who brings blessings and upholds in the most dire of circumstances. We're none of us immune to the challenges that life brings. Neither the people of the Old Testament, whose trust was in Yahweh, God Almighty, nor we, whose faith is in Jesus Christ, the one who is none other than God with us. Being a Christian 
or a member of any faith group for that matter, does not guarantee a life without pain and suffering. Fear, anxiety, broken relationships and all the normal stresses and emotions of life. Don't let anyone convince you that your faith must be wanting if you are suffering. What we can take from the biblical accounts of God's dealings with his people is that he is steadfast, even if we aren't. And he remains by our side throughout the hardships and disasters of life, despite our shortcomings and failings. And yes, even through this unprecedented COVID era, in which we bewilderingly find ourselves. We therefore look for the glimpses of God at work in drawing communities together, in people reaching out to others, and I pray in nations recognising that they can work together for the common good. But one thing we do need constantly to do is to pray so that we can stay close to God and earnestly intercede for those who suffer physically, mentally and spiritually. We can pray that peace in its widest sense might be restored in the lives of the people and nations of the world. We can pray that God can help us see goodness prevail even amongst the apparent evils of this world. And we might also pray for ourselves, that we, like Joseph, would be a blessing to others as we respond to God's call on our lives. Amen. Thank you, Hilary. And we now declare our faith in God as we join together to say, we believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. And now Hugh will lead us in our time of prayer. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you promised through your Son, Jesus Christ, to hear us when we pray in faith. Lord, we pray for the Church throughout the world for our diocese and for our parish family in Winscombe and Sandford. We ask for your comfort and succour for Bishop Peter as he undergoes treatment for his leukaemia and also for his family and for those who care for him. Lord, we give thanks for Andrew, our vicar, and for his family and pray that their holiday is proving a time of rest and renewal. Lord, strengthen Peter and Ruth, our bishops, and your church in the service of Christ. We pray 
that those who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for our world, especially for those places where there is strife and unrest, starvation and weather disruption. During this epidemic, it is easy to forget all those others in the world who are troubled. Let us pray for our own country, for those who are suffering from the consequences of this virus, for those striving to control it and to succour us, for those who mourn friends and family, and lastly, for those whose futures seem far less certain, especially those whose lives and health have been damaged by the illness and those who face losing their livelihoods. Let us pray for Elizabeth our Queen and those who have authority under her. Lord, direct this nation and every nation in the ways of justice and of peace. Lord, let us honour one another and seek the common good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As the epidemic eases and during this horrible period, we ask that God gives us the grace to appreciate the simpler things of life, such as time spent with friends and families. We give thanks for our community here in Winscombe and Sanford and particularly for our church family and for the support that we received from each other. Lord, give grace to us all, to our family and friends and to our neighbours in Christ, that we may serve him in one another and love as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for those who are sick or suffering, those who are anguished, those who are vulnerable, and those who worry. In your mercy, Lord, give them peace. In our parish, we pray especially for Sarah B, James, John W, Jeff Norton, Henry S, Celia Hine, Chris G and Pauline K. And for all those who love them and care for them. And in a moment of quiet, Lord, let us reflect on those known only to ourselves and to God. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them 
to the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer. We pray for those who have died recently and for their families. Hear us as we remember those who have died in the faith of Christ. According to your promises, grant us with them a share in your eternal kingdom. Rejoicing in the fellowship of all your saints, we commend ourselves and the whole of creation to your unfailing love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. And we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And our second hymn is going to be When Peace Like a River, and it's sung for us by Martin.
And now, please would you join with me in saying the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all 
now and always. Amen. And thank you for joining us today for our worship. And a special thank you to all those involved in making this video and to Robert, Claire and Martin for the music. We look forward to seeing you again soon.